0: In your Bibles this morning, John chapter number 14, it begins with some of the most precious words you'll ever read. Let not your heart be troubled. And how many of you ever had moments during the last week where you thought, I probably need to hear that, let not your heart be troubled. If that's you would raise your hand. It happens, does it? It happens regularly. And when we come to John chapter 13 and 14, uh, we come to a passage of scripture where the Lord Jesus Christ very intentionally is helping his disciples with the uncertain days that are ahead. We'll back up to chapter number 13 for our message today, and we'll roll into chapter 14. But if you'll just back up beyond verse 36, which is the beginning of our text for today, I'll remind you of some things we talked about in our last message from this passage of Scripture. Jesus says in verse number 34, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another. As I have loved you, that ye also love one another. And the message that Jesus is preaching is, boys, you're going to have to learn to love one another. Uh, What was going to happen? I mean, in just a few hours, the disciples will be in the upper room and there will be a fuss about who's the greatest. And Jesus just reminded them, hey, stop that foolishness. You're going to have to love one another. You're going to have to learn to forgive. You're going to have to learn to be patient. You're going to have to love one another because the days that are ahead are going to be difficult. And the devil's going to try everything he can to pit you against one another. You know, the devil's still in that business. It's one of his favorite tactics to make you jealous and me jealous and me angry and you angry and fighting among one another. And, oh, it's sad. It's true. And so the Lord is beginning this process. He says, listen, it's going to be tough. I understand the days that are ahead are going to be tough, but they'll be worth it. He says, start by loving one another. And then our text. The Bible says in verse 36, Simon is concerned. He's heard something from his Savior's mouth that bothers him more than anything else. In verse thirty-three, he says, "Little children, yet a little while I am with you. Ye shall seek me, and as I said unto you under the Jews, whither I go, you cannot come." Peter, he keeps hearing, "I cannot come. I cannot come." He keeps saying, "You're not going to be there, Lord. You're not going to be there." And so Peter, in response, says in verse thirty-six. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, whither goest thou? Jesus answered him, Whither I go, thou canst not follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. Peter said unto him, Lord, why can I not follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. Jesus answered him, Wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, The cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. Now, in our Bibles, we have chapter and verse divisions. Don't let the chapter and verse divisions keep you from seeing the whole story. And in this passage of Scripture, the context and the message of John chapter 14 begins in chapter 13. And I want you to understand this. Verse 38, we're going to roll right into verse number 1 of chapter 14. The Bible says, Jesus answered him, Wilt thou... Lay down thy life for my sake. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, the cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. And Jesus continues the narrative. He's concerned about Peter. He's not just ripping Peter to shreds because Peter's going to deny him. He's like Jesus says, look, you're going to deny me. You're going to mess up. Aren't you glad that even though God knows you are going to absolutely, utterly mess up? He yearns to encourage you and help you and strengthen you anyway. Hallelujah. So out of the same mouth, with the same loving tone, Jesus looks at Peter and says, Listen, you say you'll go with me unto death? And he says, Peter, before the cock shall crow, you'll deny me three times. And Jesus with the same tone, he doesn't even stop. He doesn't pause. There's There's no... change of events there's no change of venue he goes from you're going to deny me three times he says but listen Peter let not your heart be troubled you believe in God believe also in me in my father's house are many mansions if it were not so I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place for you I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there you may be also and whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Peter gets his answer, his hope, and Peter kind of steps out into the shadows. And something Jesus said really strikes a nerve in Thomas's heart. Jesus says in verse four, "Whither I go, you know, and the way, you know." He said he's talking to Peter. He says, "You know, you know the way." And then Thomas speaks up. Good old doubting Thomas. The Bible says in verse 5, Thomas saith to him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. And how can we know the way? He says, hey, you say we know. I don't know. Help, I don't know. And Jesus reminds him, yes, you do. Jesus says unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you had known me, you should have known my father also, and from henceforth you know him and have seen him. And Jesus answers Thomas's question, but something he says to Thomas sparks a worry in Philip's heart. He says, "If you've seen me and known me, you know the Father." And then Philip says, "Hold on to say, this is something that's been bothering me. Jesus, that's something that's been, been worrying me." He says. Verse 8, Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. He says, if you'll show me, it'll be sufficient. Verse 9, Jesus saith unto him, have I been so long time with you? And yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The disciples are concerned, they're burdened, and Jesus says, Let not your heart be troubled to Peter. But you'll see as we look at this text of Scripture that through this whole passage, the Lord Jesus is offering help and aid and comfort and peace and instruction to aid his disciples in the days that were coming. Peter's concern was different than Thomas's, and Thomas's was different. Than Phillips and Phillips was different than Peters and you know all the different combinations we could have. They were all different. But the Lord Jesus is going to answer their needs, and the Lord Jesus is concerned about their specific concerns. Aren't you glad of that? And we come to this passage of scripture. We look at the days that are ahead. We anticipate life, and we anticipate. The difficulties of life. And we anticipate the things we don't know that we need to anticipate. We're prone to worry and fret. Be burned about things that are far out of our control. And God's word to us, very specifically, to each of us individually, is, Hey, listen, my children, let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled you know that we do not have to live life with a troubled heart? We don't have to live life in fear. We don't have to live life in dismay. We don't have to live life wringing our hands and biting our nails over things that are so far out of our control. We need to learn what the disciples are in the process of learning in John chapter 13 and chapter 14. That the Lord Jesus is our hope, our anchor, and his word will guide us. Let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. Let's consider number one. Number one, Peter wants to go. Peter wants to go. Now Jesus just said, Peter, I'm going. Little children, I'm going somewhere and you can't go there. One, he couldn't go to the cross. Peter, he would have been willing to go to the cross, but he couldn't have gone to the cross for our sins. Jesus had to go there. And Peter couldn't go into the tomb and rise again the third day. Peter couldn't have taken our sin away because Peter was just a Peter. Jesus went there. And then Jesus is going to ascend into heaven and prepare a place. And so Jesus says to Peter, you can't go there right now. And Peter's like, whoa, whoa. I don't ever plan on living another day of my life without being with you. He says, Jesus, I'll go even to death. We understand Peter wants to go. When I look at Peter, let's read the text. We need to get back to the Bible. Verse 36, the Bible says, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, whither go? so where are you going? Jesus answered him, whither I go, thou canst not follow me now. He says, you can't go there now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. Your time's coming, Peter. Peter said to him, Lord, why can't I follow thee now? I've circled that word now. How many of you have a, a now personality? I do. You know what I want? I want it all, and I want it now. That would make a good slogan for a uh, commercial, wouldn't it? Maybe we could sell that to somebody. I'm just kidding. It's already there. At any rate, now. He says, I want it now. Peter wants to go. Peter, his uh, spirit is impatient. Peter is the kind of guy. He says, "I, I need the action right now. I don't. Can't, I can't. Geez, I keep saying the thoughts of not being with you. I want it all. I want it now. I want what I want, and I want it now." He says, "I want to go to heaven right now. If that's where you're going, I want to go to heaven right now." I don't know about you, but there may be some burden that you're bearing, some situation that you're in, and you yearn in your soul for it to be over. I want you to learn something from Peter and Jesus. Peter wants it now. Peter wants to go. But you know, it's not always right to go. As a matter of fact, we're going to see in the life of Peter that if Jesus had just done what Peter asked him to do and took him on to heaven, Peter would have missed out on God's perfect plan and the most useful days of Peter's life that were yet to lie ahead. Peter wants to go. Peter says, I don't want to deal with this anymore. I don't want that trouble anymore. I want want to be free from that burden. But we'll understand that Peter learns that his ways and God's ways aren't always exactly the same. But God's ways are always better. Peter wants to go. The Bible says in verse 37, Peter said to him, Lord, why can't I not follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. He says, He says, I'll follow you. It's not a matter of fear of death. I'll follow you. I'll lay down my life for you. And Jesus reminds Peter that Peter isn't as qualified as he thinks he is. Jesus him, Wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? He says, Will you really, Peter? Will you really? And Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee the cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. He says, Peter, look. You are going to deny me. I'm reminding you of something. You're going to deny me. Peter wants to go. Peter says, I want it now. I want to do this now. I want this now. I want this fixed. I want this solved. I want it now. And Jesus' word to Peter, Peter wants to go is verse number 1 of chapter 14. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, you know, and the way you know. Jesus says to Peter, Look, Peter, let not your heart be troubled. He says, there's a heaven. It's real. I'm going to prepare it for you. I'm going to come again. There's hope. It's bright. But in answer to your impatience, Peter, you're going to have to wait a while. But your waiting will not be in vain. Don't worry. Let not your heart be troubled. I promise you, you're going to get to heaven. You're going to get to the place where you need, where you yearn to be. The burdens will be taken away. But in the meantime, Peter, don't be troubled because I want to use you. Another passage of Scripture that accounts the same story. Luke chapter number 22, you don't need to turn there. Jesus looks at Peter and says, Peter, before the cocks will crow, you'll deny me three times. He says, but I've prayed for you that your faith fail not. And he says, and when thou art converted, when you're changed, when you're changed from this impatient Peter to the person that I'm going to use for my glory, he says, when thou art converted, he said, Peter, strengthen thy brethren. You know what I look at see in the life of Peter? Peter says, I want relief from this right now. But God saw in Peter's life, he says, Peter, don't you worry. All this trouble and all this burden, even your denial, is something that I'm going to use to help you to help others. Folks, don't ever forget that God wants to use you to help others. There's been many times I've showed up to church Needing help, and there's nothing wrong with that. How many times have you ever showed how many of you have ever showed up to church needing help and you got it? How many of you have been there? Me too. I want to remind you of something. That's part one of a two part series. You see, God helps you. And He will and He's faithful to help you. He says, Let not your heart be troubled. God wants to help you, but God wants to help you so that you can help others. Don't forget it. And so if you've got this spirit like Peter, you say, Oh, the weight is heavy and difficult. And I want hey, I'll just tell you, I'm ready to go on to heaven. Get me out of here. There's nothing wrong with yearning for heaven. There's nothing wrong for longing for the coming of Christ. We should be looking for it. But I want you to know something. In life's troubles and storms, if you've got a Peter spirit that says, Peter, Peter says, I want to go. I want to go. You remember something. Let not your heart be troubled. God has a purpose and God is going to help you. And you can trust him to fulfill his plan and meet your need. Peter says, go. Peter wants to go. Number two, Thomas. We see the second character in this series and it's Thomas. Thomas wants to know. Thomas is one of these guys... Doubting Thomas. You know why he's a doubter? Is because he's a thinker. There's nothing wrong with being a thinker. As a matter of fact, I like thinkers. and I, like, I want to be a thinker. I don't want to just uh, run on uh, instinct all the time. I want to know. And I like answers to my questions. Thomas is a thinker. Thomas wants to know. So Jesus says something to Peter in verse 4. He says, Peter, whither I go, you know, and the way you know. And when Thomas hears Jesus say that, he says, whoa, I remember something. I don't know where you're going. I don't know how to get there. I know how to get to Jerusalem. I know how to get to Samaria. I know how to get to all kinds of places. But where you're going, I don't know how to get there. He says, I need to know. Thomas says to the Lord, in verse 5, Thomas said to him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. And how can we know He says, I don't know how to get to where you're going. He says, you've been vague. You said, you're repairing a place. You, you said, my little children, where I'm going, you can't go. You said to Peter just a minute ago, where I'm going, you can't go now, but you can come later. And Thomas is thinking, mine is going, I don't know how to get there. You're going to have to draw me a map. You're going to make it a little more clear. I don't know. Jesus is using vague terms not because he doesn't understand. He's using vague terms because he is presenting a principle and a truth and presenting a fact that these guys do not know how to reconcile. Somebody tell me everything you know about heaven. All we know about heaven is what the Bible says. But we know it's real. And the Bible actually leaves a lot of shadows on what heaven looks like, and I know why. It's because I can't even begin to comprehend or understand what heaven is going to be like. If you think somehow heaven is going to look exactly like earth, you're wrong. We live in a sin-cursed earth. We're going to go to a perfect, sinless, prepared place in heaven. It's not going to look the same. We're not going to function the same. We're not going to suffer the same. There are lots of joys on earth. Aren't you glad? God is so merciful and kind to us that we have so much in life to enjoy. I love life. But I want you to know something. If there are things on earth that you like and love and enjoy, whatever God has prepared for us in heaven is far beyond our greatest imagination. The Bible says, I hath not seen, the hath not heard, neither then in the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them. You can't begin to fathom it. And so Jesus said, I can't, I'm not going to tell you a lie. I'm not going to tell you something that's not true. I'm not going to try to paint some picture that is not accurate. He says, listen, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And you know how to get there. And I think Peter already decided this heart. I do know how to get there. I'm trusting in you, Lord. You said you've gone to prepare. He you said you're coming back. I'm trusting you. And Thomas says, I don't know how to get there. And Jesus looks at him and says, Thomas. Listen, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. What's Thomas, what does Jesus say to Thomas? He says, hey, Thomas, whoa. I know you like to know everything. But I want you to understand something. You do not have the capacity to know it all. So therefore, you're going to trust me. I've said I'm preparing a place, I'm coming again. You're gonna to have to trust me. You're gonna to have to trust me. You're gonna to have to trust me. How many Thomases are there in the room? I can count one, two, three. She used to be a Thomas, but I turned her into a Sturgill. <laughs> in all sincerity, how many Thomases are there? You're always trying to reconcile every little detail. Now, yeah, there's lots of details we can reconcile. I'm so thankful for my Bible. I've been teaching in Sunday school through creation, the accounts of creation, and how it reconciles with what's going on right now. And it's awesome. It is amazing, all the detail that God puts in so few words. But I want you to know something: our goal is not to reconcile everything. On earth and in heaven. Everything on earth with the word. Our goal is not to win arguments with our intellect. That can't be the goal. You see the Bible teaches that it's impossible to please God without faith. And to the Thomases in the room. Jesus says, hey listen. I know that you're having trouble trying to put all the pieces together. Is it a rocket ship that we go to heaven on? Is it a teleportion? What is it? Tell me about it. I want to see the technology. But when you're a God, you don't even need technology because you're able to operate outside of the realm of what we know to be true. And to Thomas, he says, Thomas, hold on. Let not your heart be troubled. Don't worry, Thomas. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You know, you know the way Thomas, I'm the way You know the way Thomas, I know that you want to know I know that you major on intellect but Intellect without faith doesn't please God Peter wants to go, Thomas wants to know and Finally number three, Philip, he wants a show that's what it says here in the, in the text. Look at verse number 8. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Philip's one of these guys, he says, if I can see it, I'll believe it. But until I see it, I ain't going to. Sight. He says, I want to see it. I want to show. Philip saith to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, verse number 9. Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? He says, listen, Philip, we've talked about this before. If you've seen me, you've seen God the Father. You see, Jesus Christ, God the Son, God the Father, and God the Holy Spirit are co equal Coexistent, eternally existent, together. The Godhead. Jesus is eternal. Jesus is God. And the book of John spends lots of time on this subject. And Jesus wants us to know something. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And Philip says, if you'll show us the Father, I'll believe you. And Jesus says, here I am. Look. Here I am. Here I am. He says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And then the emphasis becomes just right. Verse 10. Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. He says, do you believe? Verse 11. Do you believe? Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me. Or else, believe me for the very work's sake. Believe me. Believe what I say. And if you can't believe what I say, you're a Jew, so believe what I've done. What had he done? He'd raised the dead, brought sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf, speech to the dumb. He'd restored the dead to life. He'd fed multitudes. Believe me. Believe what I've done. Verse 12, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall may he do. Because I go unto my Father. Philip wants to show. He's like, show me. Show me. Show me. It's a fascinating story in the Bible. There's a man in hell. It's a story. In the New Testament that Jesus teaches. There's a man in hell. And in hell he's burdened because... He knows that his family is going to go to hell too. Go to them, show them, tell them. And the Lord makes it very plain that it won't matter what I show them or tell them; their hearts are cold. It's not a show. It's not seeing that changes our lives. It's believing. It's not seeing that makes a difference. And Jesus used. Miracles and signs and wonders. Why did Jesus use miracles, signs and wonders? It is a very clear teaching in the scriptures that Jesus used miracles, signs and wonders to prove to the Jews specifically that he was the Messiah. But since the time of Christ, the method... Of receiving everlasting life. Is not showing us miracles. But believing that God is the God of miracles. And Jesus is our Savior. Show us. He says show us. It will suffice us. Philip wants to show. And I want you to know something. If you'll begin to believe. In the Lord Jesus Christ. He'll prove himself. He'll show himself faithful. He'll let you know that he's there. But you don't get a show in order to believe. You believe and God will show. Put your trust in Him. Put your trust in Him. We have folks in the congregation right now that have been through this very thing. They want to know. They want to show. They want action. But they've had to wait on the Lord. They've had to look unto Jesus. And you know what's happened? The Lord Jesus saved their souls. You know what's happened? The Lord Jesus proven Himself. So here, today, where are you? You know what's exciting? Jesus cares about the Peters in the room. I'm just fed up with this. I want to go. And Jesus says, hold on. Let not your heart be troubled. You wait. I've got a work for you to do. You wait on me. Let not your heart be troubled. For the Thomases in the room, those of you that need the answers, Jesus says, now listen, let not your heart be troubled. You can't possibly understand all there is to understand about eternity and life and death and heaven. He says, but let not your heart be troubled. Believe. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. For all the Phillips. for all the Phillips. I want evidences and signs. Hey, you believe. And you'll see what God is able to do. You know what He'll do? He'll give you peace, past understanding. You know what He'll do? He'll comfort you in times of need. You know what He'll do? He'll show you that He can work through the difficulties of life to make Himself real and great and strong and mighty in your life. The message from the Lord Jesus for us all hey, life's tough, the future's uncertain. He says to all of us, let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be... Rest in the Lord. He's faithful. Did the disciples find him faithful? Absolutely, yes. And every other person who's put their trust in him since that day forward has found him faithful too. And you and I are no different. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. He's faithful.